First Sunday of Lent Prayer Psalm 51 Have mercy on me, O God, in your faithful love, in your great tenderness. Wipe away my offenses. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I am well aware of my offenses. My sin is constantly in mind. Against you, you alone, I have sinned. I have done what you see to be wrong, that you may show your saving justice. When you pass sentence and your victory may appear, when you give judgment, turn away your face from my sins and wipe away all my guilt. God, create in me a clean heart. Renew within me a resolute spirit. Do not thrust me away from your presence. Do not take away from me your spirit of holiness. Lord, open my lips and my mouth will speak out your praise. Reading the Word First Reading Genesis Chapter 2 Yahweh, God shaped man from the soil of the ground and blew the breath of life into his nostrils, and man became a living being. Yahweh God planted a garden in Eden, which is in the east, and there he put the man he had fashioned from the soil. Yahweh God caused to grow every kind of tree, enticing to look at and good to eat, with the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. Now the snake was the most supple of all the wild animals that Yahweh God had made. It asked the woman, Did God really say, you were not to eat from any of the trees in the garden. The woman answered the snake, We may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, You must not eat it, nor touch it, under pain of death. Then the snake said to the woman, No, you will not die. God knows, in fact, that the day you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like gods, knowing good from evil. The woman saw that the tree was good to eat and pleasing to the eye, and that it was enticing for the wisdom that it would give. So she took some of its fruits and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sawed fig trees together to make themselves loincloths. Second reading, Romans chapter 5. Well then, it was through one man that sin came into the world, and through sin, death. And thus, death has spread through the whole human race, because everyone has sinned. Sin already existed in the world 
before there was any law, even though sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Nonetheless, death reigned over all from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sin was not the breaking of a commandment, as Adam's was. He prefigured the one who was to come. There is no comparison between the free gift and the offense. If death came to many through the offense of one man, how much greater an effect the grace of God has had, coming to so many and so plentiful as a free gift through the one man, Jesus Christ. Again, there is no comparison between the gift and the offense of one man. One single offense brought condemnation. But now, after many offenses, have come the free gift and so acquittal. It was by one man's offense that death came to reign over all. But how much greater the reign in life of those who receive the fullness of grace and the gift of saving justice through the one man, Jesus Christ. One man's offense brought condemnation on all humanity, and one man's good act has brought justification and life to all humanity. Just as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience are many to be made upright. Gospel Matthew chapter 4 Then Jesus was led by the Spirit out into the desert to be put to the test by the devil. He fasted for forty days and forty nights, after which he was hungry. And the tester came and said to him, If you are son of God, tell these stones to turn into loaves. But he replied, Scripture says, Human beings live not on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil then took him to the holy city and set him on the parapet of the temple. If you are son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for scripture says, he has given his angels orders about you, and they will carry you in their arms in case you trip over a stone. Jesus said to him, scripture also says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Next, taking him to a very high mountain, the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all this if you fall at my feet and do me homage. Then Jesus replied, Away with you, Satan. For scripture says, The Lord your God is the one to whom you must do homage. Him alone you must serve. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels appeared and looked after him. 
Hearing the word. Choosing life through trusting obedience. As we enter the Lenten season, the word of God invites us to reflect on the beginnings of humanity as described in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. Using a story, the sacred writer offers us very deep insight into the nature of human beings in their relationship to God and to each other. The second chapter of Genesis sketches out God's careful preparation of the living space for humanity, planting the garden with trees full of delightful fruits and watering the earth abundantly. All is set and prepared to allow life to flourish. In this story, unlike Genesis chapter 1, where humanity stands at the peak of creation, the sacred author here places the creation of humanity at the very beginning. Humanity is the very first fruit of God's creative activity. Humanity is created to exist in a special relationship with God, since it is animated by God's own breath of life. This indicates the profound dependence of human life on God. Losing God's breath would mean the absence of that which makes a person alive and it would end in death. This vital dependence is to be maintained through trustful obedience to God's prohibition regarding eating from the tree of knowledge. As we see, the first people failed miserably in this regard. Detailed description of events that led to breaking God's command in Genesis chapter 3 show the reason for it. The story shows that the first people lost the awareness of God's gift instead. They treated God's command not to eat the forbidden fruit as a difficult restriction. The conversation between the woman and the snake shows the focus on the limits set by God. You must not eat nor touch it under pain of death. Her words pronounced in the presence of the first man link God with limits and restrictions. There is no sense of gratitude for all the other gifts, all the other fruits of the garden, which they could enjoy. The first people accepted this distorted image of God suggested to them by the temper and chose to act against him. The result of the opening of their eyes is the recognition that they were naked. Their lack of trust that the limits set by God are for their own good and protection led to distortion of their own relationship. Humans experience their nakedness, which symbolizes weakness and vulnerability, which from that moment will be their daily experience. The result of the disobedience was the disruption of the harmonious relationship that the first people had with God and among themselves. St. Paul's exposition on the faithful's new situation as made righteous through God's grace in Christ 
begins in Romans chapter 5. Here, he contrasts Adam and the new Adam, Christ. His reasoning is complex, but it rests on a simple contrast between the situation of sin, characterized through death, and the state of grace gifts, bringing righteousness and life. The first one is linked with Adam and the trespass, while the second one with Jesus Christ. The key difference between Adam and Christ in this passage is obedience. The obedience of Adam makes sinners taste death. This death is experienced in disorder and corruption of mutual relations. On the contrary, the obedience of Christ restored the condition of righteous, right relationship to God and others. This restoration of the right relationship for those who were once slaves to sin takes place through immersion in Christ, through baptism. Receiving this grace as a gift, they are exalted to our day, to the obedience of Jesus himself. Right and harmonious relationships were destroyed by the first sin. Christ restores these relationships through his obedience to God. The sin of Jesus, temptations in the desert, in the gospel narrative, follows immediately the sin of his baptism. There, Jesus was called God's beloved son. In the desert, he proves his faithfulness and obedience to the Father, resisting the tempter three times. The experience of Jesus in the desert, lasting 40 days and 40 nights, evokes the journey of Israel from Egypt. After crossing the Red Sea, the people face the desert and its temptations. Their complaints about the lake of bread, Exodus 16, is echoed in the first temptation of Jesus. Their questioning of God's saving presence, Exodus 17, is seen in the second one. Finally, worship of the molten calf, Exodus 32, is reflected the third one. The Israelites failed to trust and obey God, who rescued them from slavery. Jesus, at the very beginning of his public ministry, confronted the same challenges as they did, but showed himself faithful and obedient, building on the word of God and entrusting obedience. He overcame the traps of the tempter. As the obedient son who carried God's will, he became the light for those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death. The first Sunday of Lent presents us with the theme of trust and obedience. The first people chose not to trust and they disobeyed God. This brought them only the knowledge of their own weakness. Jesus, on the contrary, chose obedience based on trust in his Father's purposes and promises. He fulfilled his mission in the world faithfully. Paul evaluates both attitudes, concluding that Jesus' obedience brought life to the world, while Adam's disobedience introduced disruption and death. Standing at the beginning of Lent, we are made aware that our choice of trusting obedience to God will give us a chance for renewal of life through restoration of our relationships. 
We need strength and determination to make that choice. Therefore, acknowledging our weakness, our inner nakedness, we can join in with the plea of the psalmist. A clean heart create for me, God. Renew within me a steadfast spirit. To abandon transgressions of the past and follow anew the path of trusting obedience that brings life. Listening to the Word of God Before starting on any journey, adequate preparation is necessary in order to reach the destination. As we begin our Lenten journey, the liturgy of its first Sunday invites us to prepare for the season by setting a fundamental goal that will guide our choices and will enable us to overcome all the hardships and challenges. This goal is to become persons who live in trusting obedience to God our Father and thus grow to become ever more people of integrity and dignity. Achieving such goal requires reflection followed by decisive choices. Changing anything in one's life is always a challenge. We have to be prepared to make critical judgments on our life, followed by choices implemented with strength and determination. Without decisiveness, we will fail and can even fall into deeper problems. As the African proverb says, a lazy man's farm is the breeding ground for snakes. Therefore, as we begin Lent, we have to make firm decisions in the direction of personal conversion and spiritual renewal. To attain our goals, we need to be courageous and strong both physically and spiritually. A good place to begin is to look at our daily life and ask, what bad habits and attitudes do we need to work on and change? Gossip, laziness, abuse of food, inclination to various sins, and loss of a sense of sin are just some of the things that undermine our dignity and integrity. Other harmful behaviors might come from addiction to inappropriate use of mobile phones and the internet, drugs, alcohol, foods, and sexual promiscuity. There is a popular saying, Attitude makes habit. Habit makes character, and character makes a man a woman. In this Lenten season, let us look at our daily attitudes and behaviors because they reflect who we really are. Our efforts, however, cannot be just a matter of choosing this or that attitude or behavior. Changing life begins with a deeply rooted relationship with God. 
And that relationship is not about simply complying with his instructions and commands. Change begins with trusting God and loving him. The first people in Eden failed because they did not trust God sufficiently. It was their lack of trust and confidence in God that led to disobedience. And that led to a bad choice eventually resulting in death. The same applies to us today. Our Lenten journey must begin with examining of our attitude towards God. Do I have enough trust and confidence in my Creator and His love and care for me? One way to answer that question is to look at the way I live. Do my attitudes and behaviors reflect that I trust in God and follow His ways? Today, as Africans, we face many temptations that lead us away from God. We have ever less time to pray or to read scripture. For many Africans today, seeking pleasure and having fun has replaced God in their daily life. They prefer watching football on a Sunday rather than attending church, spending time in shops and cinemas has replaced family and community time. Yet, loss of contact with God leads to the loss of trust and confidence in Him. And that inevitably leads to making wrong choices. It will be good, therefore, at the beginning of this Lent, to examine ourselves and to see what undermines our trust and confidence in God. These are the real sources of our failures in life. True fasting is about abandoning such things. On the positive side, during Lent, we have a perfect opportunity to focus on activities that lead us closer to our Creator. Prayer, scripture reading, and works of charity. For this period, let us choose a life of dependence on God in faithfulness. Doing this, we will be able to withstand temptation, and we will be like Jesus in saying, Away with you, Satan. A lazy man's farm is the breeding ground for snows. Action Self-examination What habits and attitudes undermine my trust and confidence in God? Do I spend enough time in God's presence through prayer and scripture reading? Response to God I will pray daily for the grace of drawing ever closer to my Lord and God and for strength to live my life in trusting obedience to Him. Response to your world In the coming weeks of Lent, I will identify and fast from bad habits and attitudes that isolate me from God.
As a group, let us think of one activity that will show that we chose life through trusting obedience to God. Prayer Lord, save us from temptations, and if they come, grant us the necessary strength and grace to overcome them. Guide us into the pathways of total trust and obedience as we make choices that will enhance our life in this community. Give us the grace and fidelity to be obedient to you, our Creator God. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you.